0: Okay, so um, welcome to episode one of the About Loch Lomond podcast. I'm John Luca. I'm Matthew. And um, yeah, so we've uh, probably released our pilot. If you're listening to this, um, feel free to listen to the pilot. It's a funny one. It'll give you an idea about what to expect in the podcast. But uh, in episode one, uh, as we do in each of our episodes, or as we aim to do, we are going to cover a certain theme to do with Loch Lomond. So today... It is the origin story. And, um, yeah, what kind of things can we expect in today's episode, Matt?
1: So we're going to talk about the Highland Boundary Fault Line, um, kind of characteristics of that. We're also going to cover different rock types and how they came to be and how that kind of uh, shapes the the landscape between the lowlands and the Highlands. And nightclub river taxis. Yep, that's the kind of... The most important
0: Yeah, the most important points probably. Um so you can expect that. Um oh who are we? Um if you're not listened yet to the pilot. Um I'm John Luca. Uh, yeah, I've been living in uh the kind of loch in the surrounding area. I'm in Ballock specifically, um most of my life all my life actually, with except for a couple of years. Um and uh, Matt, anything about yourself?
1: Yeah, so I used to work for a uh, cruise company on Loch Lomond, so I spent quite a lot of time. Floating about there. Yeah. Um, literally? Yeah, quite literally. And uh, he, your uh, grandfather's also a local historian, which... Yes, he set up a website, uh, the well, Vale Leaving website, if you're interested, that's what to look up, uh, just kind of providing a pretty detailed history of the, the surrounding area.
0: Yeah, so we have uh, qualifications, so there you go, prepare um, to learn.
1: We also uh, managed to get some of my grandpa's books, so I've got about 30 of them, so we're getting well informed
0: pretty sorted in the bibliography front. Um, yeah, so um, first of all though, before we start the episode, we actually are opening uh, our, um, probably going to be our consistent section of the podcast for us, which is corrections and apologies. Um, and we'd like to start with the first one, Matt, which is...
1: That was my mistake. I said that um, Loch Ness was the deepest, That is not in fact, it's Loch Murray that's the deepest Loch. Bit of a kind
0: of technicality there. I think just one really deep part of it,
1: maybe. I mean, yeah, you did say it was the largest volume was Loch Ness, so I, so things. I'm right and yeah, you're... I was wrong. Oh ah, well, we'll, just, we'll see. We'll
0: see. Keep the tally. It's one 0 to me. Um,
1: the next one, Matt. Uh, this was you, so we're up to one each. Jan Lucas said that inch Murn's the inch ones. They only Island in Island and Great Britain, I think. Uh, it's not even only in Alveda Island. on Loch. <laughs>
0: That was a bit more of a gaff, perhaps. <laughs> um, so yeah, listen out for that one. Um, uh, the next one, um,
1: I said that the lock was only tw- I was 20 odd metres from sea level. That was very incorrect. I meant to say feet. <laughs> <It was laughs> quite a big difference between the
0: two of them. So. Um, I was worried that the listeners would get the rulers out, Matt, for that one. Um, Well, I mean, you did quite a lot of rulers for that, to be fair. Yeah, so, there you go. Uh, Listen, um, look up yourself, that's what I say, Um, if you're that bothered. But, yeah, hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, uh, Pay attention to any uh, nice wee stories interjecting at the main conversation and uh, some nice music composed by Matt. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Okay, Matthew, we're sitting here at the bottom of Conic Hill. We have uh, taken a nice little walk up and down it. Um, the rain is starting to come on, which is uh, one of the perils of trying to record outdoors in Scotland, but we'll give it a try. So we'll just Try and get this done as, uh, <laughs> as quick and exactly. painless, painless as possible. Professionally as possible. Uh, I'm Jan Luca, um, and um, I. Um, from this area We are covering in this podcast series uh, Loch Lomond and the surrounding area I guess is what we're going to look at um, A place with a lot of history um, And some really interesting things to see and do um, And yeah, um, a bit about myself I work for a charity in Glasgow um, And I have been working for charities in, in, in the city there Which is nearby here obviously um, for, for a while now um, and yeah, just kind of, well, Matthew and I both kind of wanted to learn more about the area and talk about the kind of stories we we're aware of and, and uh, yeah, that's what's kind of led to this podcast so we can share some personal experiences of uh, of living in the area with you, uh, I guess, and, um, and, and also a bit about the history and the geography and things that you'll hopefully find interesting, you know.
1: So uh, I'm Matthew, I've... Of previously worked um, for a, one of the cruise companies on Loch Lomond for about four years, so i am um spent a lot of time uh, on the loch. I uh, also have quite deep family connections with the loch as well, um, so through both my work and family I've gained a fairly decent knowledge of it, but um, I, same as Jan Loke, I'd kind of like to expand it a wee bit more, um, go a bit more in-depth
0: yeah, so I mean, that's really the premise of the podcast. So, as the rain comes on heavier here, um, we are. May actually be able to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we do like to add ambience. You know, that's one of the things we want to do with this podcast. We want to make it place based, you know, make it be immersive as much as possible. Um, and we want to cover things that hopefully, you know, the average visitor as well somebody who lives here is going to find interesting. So, we'll be talking about things like. The formation of the land in the area, why the geography is as it is, why it's so spectacular, what makes it so distinctive as a landmark in Scotland, and it is very distinctive as a landmark in Scotland, um, and stuff about the history. There's so much history in this area. We're going to cover everything from early human history, Neolithic civilizations and cover things like the remains that you can find here and, and the sites that you may want to visit. Um all the way through you know to Roman occupation to wars in the clans and Rob Roy and some famous names like that um and and cover just um, a lot of kind of site specific stuff um, you know one of the big things people do around here obviously is is walking uh, kind of across monroe's uh, our as we call them basically the mountains in this area and and, and you know being on the water in the lock and and yeah um there's so much to see and do and we want to we want to cover as much of this in a succinct way as possible. Um across each episode we'll cover a sort of different theme. Um anything you're looking forward to in particular, Matt?
1: Yeah, just kinda um improving upon the the knowledge already have. From the kind of research we've done um prior to this, I found it quite interesting. I mean I'm not a geologist myself, so it was quite dense reading trying to kinda get my head around it, but that's um Something I'm now, I find it relatively interesting. An and <laughs> I wouldn't say an expert. Hopefully it comes across so that I do actually have a, a relative idea of what I'm talking about. We, Matt and I did have a bit of a
0: crisis of confidence when we were trying to figure out stuff about tectonic plates. But I don't think, uh, hopefully you'll notice that. We're going to give it to you in a digestible form, which is actually uh, pretty interesting, I think. So yeah, I mean, I guess in this first episode, to start off, we're, we're going to cover um, the geography of the area right, so we're going to give an overview of the area you know, what to expect when you come here, you know, what do you see, what are the big sort of landmarks inside this area and um, you know, why do they exist, why why is it like this and why is it so distinctive and important across, you know, uh, when you look at it in, from a, a Scotland perspective and even a UK and global perspective I guess um, and yeah I guess you know on this podcast we're, we're going to share our own sort of personal stories as well living in the area and and, and maybe some uh, sort of quips and perspectives that people will not probably gain unless they've lived here for a long time. Um, so, you know, you've got some stuff to look forward to there as well, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I guess given an overview of the land, um, Matt, I mean, we're, we're located in the west of Scotland, um, you know, Loch Lomond and the surrounding area. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's a famous, famous place to visit. Loch Lomond and Trossachs was was Scotland's first national park when it was inaugurated. Um, Loch Lomond is connected by the River Leven to the River Clyde, Um, so some important sort of landmarks in in Scotland there. And I think um, one one fact as well that's often shared is that Loch Lomond is the largest lake by surface area anywhere in Britain, and only Loch, how do you pronounce it? Loch Nea? Lock, the, and then, is it Aaron? Loch Arn Lock Erne in Northern sorry. Ireland, yeah. yeah.
1: Sorry for uh, butchering any pronunciations. I um, did try my hardest there.
0: Sorry, uh, Irish Gaelic listeners. Um, but yeah, both those lochs in Northern Ireland have a greater surface area in, in the current United Kingdom. Um, and yeah, but other than that, Loch Lomond is, is the biggest with surface area and only Loch Ness is, um, has a greater volume. Rate.
1: Yeah, I've actually... I think Loch Lomond's maybe the third deepest. Um, Loch Ness is the the deepest in Scotland. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what the second deepest is, but it's not
0: relevant. Not relevant, mate. Okay, just just leave it. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, look, Loch Lomond is is really famed for its unique landscape. It's covered a lot in, you know, even early kind of Victorian culture. It was it became a sort of tourist hotspot, and um, through the writing, I guess of. Of people like Walter, Walter Scott, Scott yeah, yeah, who covered maybe more of again, a Loch Katrine, but certainly I would count it as like within this general well, area. It's part of the
1: Loch Lomond and Trossachs National Park, so I think it's, it's certainly bears relevance.
0: Yeah, and that's you know that's the sort of region that we're covering here as well. We're not just looking at the Loch itself and then the immediate surrounding area, but there's a lot of history obviously connecting it to the places around that. Um, so you know, it's, it's very famed for that, and, and and for its sort of its its, its landmarks um, you know, in the area like Ben Lomond is sort of one of the famous Munros, right, which, which we call our sort of hills, our mountains here. Um, how, how big is a Munro again? 3,000 feet, that's the, the minimum, the, the, the metric you're looking for there. So there's a lot of Munros in Scotland, people try to bag them. Yeah. Uh, are, 200 are, is there? You is know, are you, would you call yourself a Munro bagger? Not a bagger, no. Not a bagger? Maybe more of a satchel though. Okay, we'll start that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, there's lots of things to see and do here, um, and it is only 40 minutes from Glasgow, so it's pretty accessible and you know pretty popular for that matter. I mean, like a summer's day in in, in Ballock Park can be a little bit like um, you know a, a festival. I'm um, just
1: um, I'm looking here just now, according to Lomond and Trossachs org um, the loch has roughly four million visitors annually. Uh, well that's including the like the Loch Lomond and Trossachs National Park so i think that does make it one of scotland's most popular countryside destinations so that kind of shows you the um
0: how yeah, the it, it is. yeah um so and i think we'll cover later on in this series like what's the impact of that tourism has been and what will it be because really it's only getting more popular yes, isn't
1: it uh, yes yeah um I think well Known fact, we'll see if it kind of continues, but the kind of staycation things obviously become more popular in the past couple of years due to Covid. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this kind of trend continues, um, or whether folk are going to kind of return to their usual holiday destinations. But I think yeah, you kind of hope after you've experienced that you'd want to repeat it,
0: and I think definitely during the sort of pandemic, um, moment. Like people have maybe journeyed more across Scotland, and that goes for people in Scotland as well more. And I think people have definitely gotten the bug for doing that kind of thing, right? Um, and we'll cover later in the series as well, like developments developments that we know are happening in the area that are probably going to change a lot in the area. You know, some people think for better. You know, there may be pros and cons each way, but we're going to look at that kind of stuff later on as well. But let's start at the beginning. Yes, Matthew. Um, beginning. <laughs> how did this? Happen? How did this place come about? How was it formed? Um, and I guess we can maybe start with talking about, you know, any amateur geologist will know about this area, the Highland Boundary Fault. What is the Highland Boundary Fault?
1: So it's basically like a fault in the Earth's crust, which um, separates the lowlands of Scotland um, with the Highlands, as you may guess. So uh, I believe it stretches from kind of Aran. To Helensborough way um, up to Stonehaven in Aberdeenshire yep. um, so it goes a, a kind of northeast um, slant um, so to the north of the Highland Boundary Fault Line is the, the metamorphic
0: Old Stones This so, is where we get really professional here.
1: Yeah, um, the, my reading tells me, I'd like to a disclaimer as well, all of the facts found are from someone else, so if they're wrong, take it up with them, not me.
0: I should I, say, I think we'll maybe try and name drop people and resources that we use in this in this series, um, but yeah, um, I think one of the books we read was was by a writer called John Mitchell, and um, some of the sort of um, content that we, that we tried our best to do justice is, is coming from there.
1: Yeah, so I think the My understanding, the kind of metamorphic rock is basically like sediments um, sitting on the Earth's crust, and then is um, heat and pressure applied to the sediments, which caused them to recrystallise. So that kind of that's what metamorphic rock means. So I think that was about what five or six hundred million years ago, um, which is quite a long time.
0: You know, that's that's longer than a run to the shop takes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so and, and yeah and the and so the other the other side of that in the lowlands, and you know this is like the geological divide, not even the cultural divide that we've that we've covered here from the highlands and the lowlands, which is also interesting, but in the southern uh, the, in the lowland side we have the the sedimentary rock right um which is um and this is where i struggle uh, so
1: I think that it's younger rocks that um yeah, they have not went through this process of uh heat and stress. Um, But I also believe that the metamorphic rocks, they're uh, they're basically, as I I saw them described, as stubs of old mountains. So previously, millions of years ago, apparently there was um, mountain ranges in Scotland, which would have rivaled the likes of the Himalayas and the Alps. Um, But due to kind of they've been eroded down over time through weather and like um, can... yeah so they've been um, yeah so basically stubs of their former
0: self but still pretty
1: I'm very impressive like yeah. that. that's not taking anything
0: away we're not we're not you know calling them stubs in the common sense uh, very impressive stubs um, but yeah so I mean this is like you know this fault line you can view really visibly from atop somewhere like Conic Hill okay so like we were just going up Conic Hill earlier on. It's a, it's in Balmaha, a village which is close to Balloch, where the train from Glasgow goes. Um, it's really easy to get there. Um, you can walk up there in like you know, 30 to 40 minutes. Um, and this hill has incredible kind of panoramic views of around the area, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, some of some of the islands that, that we see in the lock. Um, we have, yeah, it also to
1: just it. highlights the, the stark contrast between the valleys of the lowlands and you know the the rigid. Or, the ridges of the the highlands so um, it's a lot
0: more spiky yeah you can definitely see the difference right Um, you know and this there's like a there's like a line of islands that run down the fault line as well it's where we have like uh, Inch Kylik Inch yeah. Fad Inch Murrin uh, Inch Kylik Tor Inch Cree Inch, Inch Murrin that's what I'm thinking of Inch, in, Inch Fad I think is, is near there is next to uh, those it's next to
1: so that's kind of to the north of Inch Kylik but it's next to that Um should also be said that the, the loch at its lower end is more kinda it's very wide, so um the most wide points is the Highland Boundary Fault Line between kinda Balmaha and Arden, I believe it's five miles. Mm. Um, so yeah, from there it's a it's a wide basin and then the further up the loch you get the kinda the more narrow and narrow it becomes. Um described like kind of northern end more like a, a kind of Scandinavian fjord. Um, so yeah that's another kind of contrast between the the highlands and the the lowlands of Loch Lomond
0: right so I'm looking over a windy Loch Lomond Uh, Matt and I have um, have climbed Connick Hill Matt, you're looking at these islands here in front of us, we've got, what have we got in front of us here? So, going from the Connick to um,
1: down onto Inch-Chyloch, and then it goes across to Cree, uh, Inch, which is a smaller island, onto another one, which is Cree-Inch, uh, also a smaller island, and then inch Um So that's what kind of goes across the island boundary fault line, and then that follows onto Bendu, known as the Black Hill.
0: Which we called Ben Dub for a good two years uh, oh shit uh,
1: is that the same thing oh no Ben Bowie
0: yeah so so that's actually uh, Ben Bui, not Ben Dub. Ben Dub is uh, Luss which Luss. we're also looking at we can also see Luss from here on Conic Hill it's a pretty great vantage point you know if we're talking about the highland boundary uh, fault line you can actually kind of see it really clearly with this line of islands down the middle uh, or down the kind of south uh, part of Loch Lomond um, yeah I mean um, there's kind of wee boat trips we've been talking about that people do around here that you can go out to Inch for example
1: right? yeah so you, from Balmaha you can get a, it's only a, a small journey but it's not really um, advisable to swim it I think it's slightly too far for that um, so yeah small boat journey there um, and then there's other
0: kind of cruise companies on the loch that you can use talking about yourself I'm young Michael Phelps so I'll be fine <laughs> um, actually just a mis- warning there be careful if you're swimming in open water <laughs> genuinely quite it's quite an infamous lock for that actually joking aside um, but yeah um, any particular stories that come to mind obviously um, you used to go across to Inch quite a bit um, I think we both have probably some stories uh, island related as we're looking across here Anything come to mind immediately that you would talk about in public?
1: Mm, come back to me on that one. I maybe need. <laughs> well,
0: because I, w- I was thinking about um, again. I don't know if this will get. Well, I won't name any names so nobody gets in trouble. But uh, <laughs> this is not the f- probably not the first nor the last time um, that nightmares is mentioned on this podcast. But the infamous uh, nightclub on the Baloch Strip. Um, we did once or twice get a, f- a floating taxi back to Inchmurrin after like, uh, the, the club closed at 3am on a given Saturday, aye. which is um, probably one of the less intelligent things we've been involved yeah, in
1: doing. I'm kind of out of that game now, I'm not really into
0: it. No, it doesn't do it for me anymore. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I do remember a few instances, and probably even more for yourself, Matt, waking up on an island in the middle of a lake, Hung over as hell. I'm not remembering how you got there is <laughs> quite a unique feeling. Um, but something maybe uh, you can sample, perhaps, if you visit. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I would say that, you know, if you're um, ever in nightmares uh, on a Saturday, let's say you've been planning all of your life to visit Loch Lomond and you decide to treat yourself... Glasgow's premier nightclub and I'm going to say that unequivocally uh, because the back room across the road is absolute nonsense I, mean, it's called I that think it's uh, I
1: might be shut
0: is it? Um, oh, I... for the best um, so only nightclub I know Matt that painted the inside walls white um, which was a real <laughs> not a nice additional not flattering feature not at all really not I mean, it meant, I think, that you get constant visibility of the free people that were down at any given time as well.
1: Not the kind of people you would like to have visibility of, to be fair. No, like, pitch
0: black. Basically, the aunts and uncles that you've removed from your family (laughs) uh, that you'll see in that. Anyway, um, so maybe if you're ever in nightmares and you're leaving and you fancy, you know, a a lake trip to an island, then hover about Ballock Pier. um, Down at the
1: middle of the lock, you might find someone. You might find
0: somebody with a boat. Um, you know, at your own uh, at your own panel, you can try that out. Yeah, um, aye, it's um, quite a sight though. Um, Conic Hills are really great hill to to climb and, and see that all. That's kind of this. Can you get a kind of panoramic view of the lock. It's it probably how long did it take us to get up here? Forty-five minutes or an hour. Yeah, it's um,
1: pretty with a a wee stop in the middle, so it's not too intense.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, Pretty nice walk, and it's it's pretty short as well. And I think it's quite similar. I think to slightly better views, um, but similar to Dunk or the Dumpling in Garrahan,
1: mm, yes. which
0: is kind of between here in Balmaha, where Conic Hill is and Baloch.
1: I, and Baloch right Balmaha and Balloch, Yeah.
0: Um, um. So the Dumpling's quite a quite a good hill to climb as well, um for that kind of thing. It's even shorter, it's probably like twenty five minutes to be honest You probably
1: got a better view looking right up the loch as well. Um just with the, with the ugh, the angle of it. It's kinda looking what kinda northwest. From the dumpling aye. Yeah. from the dumpling up it's just, aye, looking northwest up the lock. Um so yeah you can kinda see up towards hills like the the cobbler, which is quite difficult to or you need better, quite a specific angle on the lock just um, as that's kind of towards Arica
0: um, and yes yeah. yeah, it's um, quite a good way to kind of and actually the I guess on the other side of the lock kind of looking down I think Inveruglas Monument's not bad for that kind of like looking down at a lock although it's yeah. kind of a, a bit of a um, a bit of a what would you call it um it's a Bit of a twist in the locks, so you don't get a great view down, but that's kind of the other side. Um, yeah, decent, decent views. Um, Balma has quite a nice wee village as well. It's, um, uh, we were commenting it's a wee bit odd because there's a lot, quite a lot of development there in the last maybe 10 15 years, and there's a lot of very posh kind of wedding venue esque tourist homes. Um, but in a very picturesque wee village, um. Uh, kind of very very postcard I would describe it as <laughs> um, but but nice to visit and actually one thing we didn't mention at the top not only is Loch Lomond famous for being like the largest lake by surface area in Britain apart from those two we mentioned in Northern Ireland um, on the UK, sorry, apart from those two mentioned in Northern Ireland. Very hard to be politically correct when it comes to... Um, just in case anyone's wondering, when it comes to, uh, you know, um, the Irish in, in, in Britain. Uh, but we try our best. Um, so, not only that, but Loch Lomond um, is also really unique in that um, it has, well, for example, the only inhabited island on a lake, I think, in the UK. Is that correct?
1: Um, I, that can be correct for this. It's, um, I mean, it's... Inchborne's definitely it's a full time um inhabited island. Like all year round. Um I don't know, there must be about fifteen or twenty folk that live on it. Well be we said as well the Inchborne's also the biggest inland island, um in Great Britain as well. So um that's another one to add to the fact file.
0: And I think, in terms of free, just in terms of the number of islands on this lake that are, you know, of a similar size to Inchmurn as well, you know, it's it's quite quite astounding, especially when you look at it from somewhere like Conic Hill.
1: Well, yeah, I mean they're they're all kind of clustered together, so um, Inchmurn's probably about I don't know, about three or four, maybe five miles up the loch. so there's probably about a stretch of another maybe four miles as well. Um, from kind of one up to the most, the biggest islands are in this kind of band between one kind of going up past Loss. Um, so yeah, you can see them clustered together. I believe the islands once you get up the, the loch become a wee bit smaller. There's not as many kind of significant um,
0: significant ones up there. And I think you know. In a later episode, we're going to cover more on the islands alone um, because there's a lot to talk about there, and they're really interesting places to visit. You can go there by uh, cruise, for example, with the kind of company that, that Matt worked for previously, for example. Um, I mean, what 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 companies actually can um, you
1: go out from? So, I think if you're wanting to go to island the islands, there's um, there's a couple other cruise companies they do that um, the one I worked for was Sweeney's and Balloch so they just do like a kind of one hour round trip you can see the most southerly end but you know you get still get a nice view up the loch like right up and then the two hour cruise kind of going in between That goes up to Lost, but there's um. Cluster of three islands, it's Inch tavannach uh, Inch conachan which has wallabies on it, um and we'll Inch, cover that as well. Yeah, <laughs> Inch Moan. So it's like um just kinda the, the loch winds round through these um these three islands and then once you come out of that it's just like a, an open expanse of the loch and you can see right up it's quite spectacular, especially if you're seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: um you know, it's. I think if you want to take a cruise with Sweeney's Cruises, one of the wonderful things about that is you can hear the dulcet tones of Neil Oliver, so Neil friend Oliver. of the show. Yes, and um, uh, I've just called him friend of the show. But I don't, don't actually like doesn't know he <laughs> exists, but um, you know, he's a Scottish man who's quite interesting, who has um, an interesting um, hair, and Some speaks interesting in an interesting well. way, and also speaks sometimes about interesting things on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and I'm being very diplomatic with the use of interesting there. Um, okay, so there's our first uh, enemy of the show, um, Neil Oliver.
1: Second, Tam Cowan as well, don't forget
0: him. Yeah, if we do release the pilot you will um, or trailer for this show, you will hear us um, slander Tom Cowan, who actually, you know, in a way, I have a lot of respect for. Well, um pretty
1: bold to be going on BBC every week and, you know, projecting himself as he does. And keep his job as... Fair play, Tom.
0: Got a lot of time for that kind of um, uh, joie de vivre um, that Tom Cowan possesses. But as it pours down here, I think one thing we can do to kind of, um, you know, bookmark this or like kind of bookend this and look towards the next sort of material we'll be looking at, which is early human history, is that this is a really distinctive place geographically. I mean, where it's located, um, in the world... The formation of it, as we described, the boundary line that separates the highlands from the lowlands, so that is not just geological but that is cultural as well and that's something that we'll that we'll go into is that this um this geography that's been molded by you know tectonic plates and glaciation and other other weather
1: Rising sea levels and things like that that was a, a something sorry just to jump in that should um, mention that the the rise in the sea levels has caused. I, I think it's happened a few times, but um, Loch ones connected to the sea at points. It was also like a saltwater lake, um, due to being connected to the sea. I think also it's maybe only uh, 29 metres above sea level, so if you know the sea level rises, the loch then becomes. Better visit soon. I, yeah,
0: aye.
1: Uh, Just that's... in case
0: anyone's not aware, there is a thing called climate change. Um, we won't, uh, maybe we'll cover it in the series a bit more, but you can read about it. I think.
1: Relatively well known.
0: Um, Apparently it's real, um, as far as I believe. Um, But, you know, we can let you decide that. Um, It is real. But, um, yeah, so (laughs) that is a really, you know, it's really interesting sort of features which have affected the culture and history the human history in a massive massive way you know we do have the, the, you know we'll talk later about the clans you know like fighting um, uh, over resources and, and over you know uh, settlements and yeah, titles
1: area um, but, but that land, yeah. that
0: fault line had a lot to do with that even yeah. the microcosm of the Rob Roy story which we'll talk about later well,
1: yes also kind of caused a slight language barrier Um people to the south of it mainly speaking Scots and then um Scots are English, you know. The same kind of um, bracket. Pig English.
0: as <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is a racist person? Perhaps may say.
1: But uh, the and then to the north of that, obviously, you get the the Gaelic speakers. So um, yes, the uh, yeah it provides both a serious geographical but also cultural um, kind of breaks that up
0: yeah definitely and you know that's what we'll talk about next when we start to talk about early human history how did the first people get here what did they do where did they live how did they live we're going to talk about that and some of the sites that you may be able to check out for yourself to see evidence of this and actually you know be part of that and touch that history yourself